Welcome to the Word of Grace podcast. As a community, we exist to love on God with all that we are and to share His grace with everyone. If you want to connect with us more, head to social media or wordofgracechurch.com. Here's today's episode. It's amazing to see what God's doing all over the world, right? And isn't it amazing how it's the same things that Hallie and her teammates are doing that God calls us to do here? It's nothing, you know, setting the world on fire. It's just being present with people being willing to be used by God, showing up day in and day out to be with them, to bear their burdens, to love on them, and to be the light in a very dark world. And we know that we've all been called by Jesus to that same mission, to go and make disciples, right? Amen. Are you out there this morning? Okay. All right. We should all be cheering anytime we hear that call again. You know, It's amazing that God trusts us with his mission, isn't it? I don't know why, but he does, and it's a privilege to honor him with our lives. Last week, we, we launched into a, a, just a short discussion of how that happens, because really, our actions to represent him, they flow from us knowing who we are in Christ, our identity in him, right? Like Hallie was sharing about the young girl, he says, it's amazing what happens when you know that you are loved by God, and the very next thing out of her mouth is, I want to share this love. I want to share this. I can't keep it to myself, right? Because when we know who we are in Christ, we know our identity, we start to become like Christ. We start to act like Christ. We start to, you know, go on mission with our God. And together, you know, that identity that we have, our actions flow from that, that we share together. I want to read to you First Peter, or, yeah, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 again as we get started this morning. Uh, well, kind of get finished this morning, to be honest. It's just going to be a couple minutes. I want to dive into this second part with you. First Peter says this. He says, but you're not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, and now you are God's people. And we'll just stop right there for a moment. As we said last week, Peter, he, he declares this identity over the church. You are royal priests. And it's not something that we talk about very often. And we joked last week, not many Christians we, we meet go, yeah, I'm just becoming a better priest every day. We don't see ourselves this way a lot, but this identity is what God wants us to become together. And in the opening pages of the Bible, we're told something very important, that we are created in God's image, which means we are created for intimacy with him and to carry his authority, to rule and reign on the earth, to, as he says, rule over the earth and subdue it. We carry his authority and we walk in intimacy with him. The word in Greek for being made in his image is icons. We are icons of God. We are created in his image. And what it looks like is exactly what Peter's saying here. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen people. We talked about what it means to be a royal priest. You know, what, what does a priest do? Last week we talked about a priest represents people to God. It's very simple. A priest represents the, the needs, the hearts of others to God directly. He's a mediator, intermediary between God and people in that way. And so it's so vital that we step into a place of being prayerful for our neighbors and for our family members, prayerful for our missions partners, prayerful for those who are part of us. We need to represent their needs before the throne of grace. Amen? In prayer, God expands our heart for others, even those that we don't like. Jesus calls us to pray even for those who are our enemies. 
and lift their needs as well. But we know that when God gets active in our hearts in this way, not only does it expand our hearts, he changes everything about our lives. Amen? He changes everything about us. And today I want to touch very briefly on the second part of what it means to be a royal priest. So if the first part is representing others' needs to God, the second part is representing God to people. To becoming the image of God in the lives of those he's put in our lives. And what does Peter say here? He says, we can reflect the goodness of God because of what Jesus did. Because of what we celebrate with Holy Communion. He's made a way for us to be redeemed, renewed, restored to being this people, this chosen people. And now we can reflect his goodness into others as we become more like him. As the moon reflects the light of the sun, so we can reflect the image of God to those lives around us. This is our calling. This is who we are as individuals. This is who we are as a church. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys love the Olympics? You know, the Olympics have been going on. Some of you guys are like, yeah, I don't care. It's actually probably like the least watched Olympics ever. And to be honest, it just stings a little bit watching the Olympics because everybody who's competing is younger than me now, like significantly. <laughs> like there's 13-year-olds with gold medals like, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. I just feel my back hurting when I watch the Olympics now. It's terrible. But there's just nothing like watching the podium celebrations when the national anthems begin to play. You see those athletes standing there with their flags draped over their shoulders, standing and boldly representing their country. It's incredibly moving to watch that moment. Anybody else like want to cry? <laughs> I'm getting old, I think. You want to cry when you see that, right? You know, these competitors, they're normally competing for themselves, maybe making a living with what they do. But, you know, at the Olympics, they're standing in uniform, representing their nation. And it's so moving. They bear the image of their country on their chest as they stand there representing them. And, you know, when we belong to Jesus, the same thing is true of us in our actions. As we run the race for God, like Paul says, we bear the image of our true citizenship proudly. We bear the image of God, and we were made as well to represent more than just ourselves. Like those Olympic athletes, we were made to represent our own far-off country, our own homeland as citizens of heaven. So you and I were created by God in his image to stand and proudly represent him with our lives, with all that we do. And as Peter points out, the church from all nations, races, ages, and backgrounds are called to be his chosen people to represent God himself because we belong to him. We belong to Jesus. You know, that's the most amazing truth. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. And look at a, a moment when Jesus capitalizes on this idea together really quickly. It's a famous passage. Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is asked a question, and it comes back to the same idea of being made in God's image and called to represent him. Beginning in first, verse 15, it says this, Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God so truthfully. You're impartial and don't play favorites. Anybody hate it when somebody just kind of blows smoke up your, you know what? Yeah, that's, that is not cool. But they do that over and over again with Jesus. They're just so uh, slippery in that way. You don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this, they say. 
Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus, however, knew their motives, and he said to them, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used to pay the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Whose image is on this coin? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. He holds up the coin, and he says, literally, whose image? In the Greek, it's the same word. Whose icon is on this coin? Who does it belong to? And then he challenged them, and whose icon are you? Who do you belong to? Made by Caesar, the coin belonged to Caesar. It bore his image. But you and I are made in the image of God, and we belong to God for him to use as he will. Jesus says it like this. He says, in this life, you know, you're going to have some resources that come and go. You're going to have worldly resources, your money, your time, your talents, your giftings. Spend those things wisely, and yes, be a good citizen of where God has planted you. But you yourself have inherent value, eternal value. Because you are an image bearer of God and you belong to him. This coin made in man's image is for the purpose of an earthly economy, but you are made in God's image and you have value in a heavenly nation. You have value to the kingdom and to the person of God himself. You know, every single person matters to God. Every single person matters to God. And if you're here today and you don't know a I hope before today is over, you would understand just how much God is crazy about you, values you. He is jealous for you, says the word of God. Amen? My son turns three on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, you can cheer. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's also terrifying. He turns three on Tuesday, which means he's right in the middle of a struggle with his little sister over both all the toys in the house and the affection of his parents. It's a war, I'll be honest, from time to time. And, and recently, Lara and I bought Zoe a little toy um, that is, you know, it helps kind of give her tactile skills and stuff. He takes stuff out and puts it in. And it is, it is so simple for Ethan, right? But still, that toy is his. That toy belongs to him in his little mind. Even though it's too simple, he repeatedly claims it for himself. And that beautiful word that all three-year-olds know so well, mine, comes out all the time. Oh, my goodness. And no matter how many times we explain to him, no, we, no, Ethan, we specifically, we bought this. It belongs to Zoe. It's for her. It's hers. It's not yours. It's hers. Does not matter at all, right, with a three-year-old. It does not matter uh, because he will never stop claiming it for himself. No, Dad, you don't understand. It's mine, right? And as difficult as it is working with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, you know, I think he actually is teaching me something about God's inexhaustible desire and jealousy for us. No matter how many times somebody tries to talk God out of it, he's like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. That's mine. Hands off, devil. That one belongs to me. Because you and I were made in his image. We belong to him. No matter what, no matter how many times we try and pull away from him, it doesn't matter. He's still coming after us. No matter how many ways our very real enemy tries to convince us that we screwed up too many times and he doesn't want you, don't listen. He says, no, 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 that one's mine. 
mine. It belongs to me. That person belongs to me. And God will never, ever, ever stop chasing you and I because we belong to him. He desires us. He will stop at nothing to come get you, to bring you back to himself because you and I belong to Jesus. You know, and he continues to speak over his people what he spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Have no fear. I'm going to be with you. I call you by name and you are mine. I hope you can hear that today. I hope you understand that being made in God's image means that he will never stop claiming you for himself. And nothing can hold back his incredible, unstoppable love from coming to find you. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. Nothing, neither height nor depth, nor any powers on this earth can separate you and I from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. Amen, amen. amen. You know, because we need that. (laughs) We need that. Augustine said it like this. Our hearts are restless until they find their home in him. Every single heart in this place is restless when we try and find our home and everything else. We belong to him. There's only one place where we can find true rest for our souls, which is why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, come to me when you're weary and I will give you rest for your soul. And because of what Jesus has done, we can be restored. We can be his again. No matter what sin has tried to do in our lives, his blood covers it all and we can come back to him. We can be restored to the intimacy with God we were created for. Because of him, we can be regenerated to the authority of God we were made to exercise. Colossians tells us, we died to the old way of life and sin and our lives are now hidden in Christ. And I love the way the Amplified Classic Version carries it on. Paul goes on and says this. He says, we have clothed ourselves with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remodeled into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge in the image, the likeness of him who created it. It's a lot of words, but what Paul is saying, and it says there at the end, see Genesis 1.26. Remember, you were made in his image, Paul says. He says that when you remember who God created you to be, and you remember what Jesus did, the price that was paid to restore you to being an image bearer of God, you will be renewed every single day, moment by moment, remolded into his image once more. You know, Paul's greatest hits all throughout the New Testament, they all center around this theme of us being transformed, right? Whether it's Romans 12, the most quotable passage, don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul's constantly talking about us being transformed, made more like Jesus over and over again. And you know what the centerpiece of those transformation conversations are? They all center around this understanding that first and foremost, you and I were made in his image. We are icons, image bearers of God. And he, by the death of Christ and the resurrection, is remaking us back into the image of God again. We are being recreated, redeemed, and now we're in the process of representing him as we go forth. You know, as we learn to draw near to him, he's made a way for us, amen? And we are ever in the process of being transformed. And he shows us how to do this a new way to be human in Christ Jesus, to represent him in a world that needs to know his love. Because of what Jesus has done, we can become his representatives. This is who we are. This is our identity as followers of Jesus. This is what it means to be a royal priesthood. As Max Lucado says, we are created by God in the image of God for the glory of God. 
And this is God's heart for us. He wants to make us his representatives, his ambassadors for his kingdom. Not because you and I are worthy, but because he's worthy. Amen? God's intention for us is to make us his ambassadors. And when we understand our identity in Christ, that our lives are now hidden in Christ, and we are being remolded every day into his image, when we understand that, it totally changes the way we live. It totally changes the way we live. Because we're not living to earn his approval. We're living from his approval. Amen? There's a difference there. The reality is when we live out our identity as image bearers of God and that authority that he's given to us, you know, we step into something new together as God's people. We step into what it means to be a royal priesthood together because we're made to be his image. It's not just something we possess. It's something we are to do. It's a verb as well. We are made to image God literally to other people, to represent him every single day to speak on his behalf, to live out his ways, and to express his heart to those we come into contact with. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In light of what Christ has done, we step into the calling, the identity that he achieved for us to image God to others. And listen to how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, we'll begin. He says this, So we've stopped evaluating others from a merely human point of view. At one point, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. Amen. He says, we're being transformed every single day. We are new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. We're being transformed and renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator. We're being recreated to be more like Jesus every day. And we belong to him. We reflect his goodness now to everybody we meet. So what does it look like for us to be his ambassadors today? You know, sometimes pastors want to give you the answers. I want to ask you the questions today. What does it look like for you to be a royal priest in this way? Not just, you know, gathering the needs of others and representing them to God, but what does it look like for you to represent his heart to others today? I want us to get practical. Once again, because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So I want us to, you know, put some legs on this as we get ready to close here. Because many times it's easy to hear incredible scriptures like 2 Corinthians 5 and go, wow, how beautiful is that? What an awesome reminder. We feel God drop something in our heart, but we don't make a plan. I want to invite you to make a plan this morning. What does it look like for you to be the image of God in your neighbor's lives, in your family's lives? You know, a lot of times we have big things in our our minds and in our schedules as we go from this place. We're overloaded, so we don't Sit down and think this through. But I want to invite you to sit down and think it through this morning. 
Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things we worry so much about will be taken care of as well. What does he mean? Make this identity. Make your kingdom calling your first priority. What truly drives your actions and your life. And he'll meet your needs. He'll make sure you want for nothing. And he will overcome the problems you cannot. So let's make a plan this morning. I want us to consider a couple simple questions about what it means to represent God in our daily grind together. And if you don't know how to answer this, maybe just be open with the Lord and say, God, I don't know what that looks like. Get alone this week and listen. Ask the question and see what he will impart to you. So the first question is this, where? Where are you called to represent God? Where are you planted right now? You know, again, I love having Hallie with us today and, and Pastor Scott and Dorothy from South Carolina. We have people joining us from all over the place because God has called them to different places to represent him. But where has he called you? You know, maybe if you make yourself fully available to God, he might call you somewhere new. He might move you across the map. If you're fully available like a coin made in his image for him to spend wherever and however, you might be surprised what he might do with you. But I tell you this, he will absolutely speak to you about where he's planted you now, about where he has you in this moment. He will. So where are you planted? Where do you work? Where do you shop? Where do you go day in and day out? Because that is where God has you to be his representative and his ambassador. I want you to consider today how each of those localities, every, every place that you visit, how are you called to, in that place, be treating it as a mission field? Whether it's your workplace, whether it's a school, how are you called to represent God as well? Because we all have unique situations, unique family, friends, and workplaces, and we also have unique giftings. God hasn't made any two of us alike. So where are you called and how are you called to express his heart? God has equipped you for this moment, I am certain of that, to be his ambassador. Sometimes it's in big, bold ways, but most of the time it's in the slow, steady, day in, day out, being present with people where God has planted you. Sometimes it's taking a stand for God and for his ways, and other times it's being a peacemaker in a world set on war, like Pastor Scott was reminding us this morning. But how can you choose to be a royal priest today? In what ways... Has God positioned and equipped you for this moment in the lives of a friend of yours or a family member? How can you be public about the one you belong to, like an Olympic athlete with his colors draped around him? How can you stand in the image of God and represent him in the same way? I invite you to pray a, a, sorry, a bold prayer with me today. You know, as you enter the workplace this week, as you go into those places God's called you, as you pray with him about how you can represent him today, I want you to pray a bold prayer because remember what Mark Batterson says, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. So ask the Lord today with me to reveal to you where he has put you to be his ambassador and how he's equipped you to do it, how he's equipped you to represent others in that place. The beauty of this is when we choose to be available to God, when we choose to step into this identity together as his church, you know, he is the one who does the work in us and through us. It's not about us. It's not about us being perfect ever. He transforms our heart and he opens the doors that we can never open into other people's lives. 
He opens doors for us to reflect his goodness. And as the world is a dark place, his light continues to shine brightly through us. I pray today that he would remind us of who we are, that we would not be confused about who we belong to, that we would step into this calling together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful. It just blows our mind, Lord, that you even want us to be partners with you on anything. But you created us for exactly that. You made us in your image. You imparted us just a privilege to be part of creation with you. And Lord, you call us to represent you even now. Your love and your heart to every person we meet. God, we pray that we wouldn't shy away from that. We pray that you would teach us to trust you more. So many times the reason we don't step out in this identity, the reason we don't represent you publicly is because we don't, we don't fully trust you in those moments. But Lord, we pray that you would take us deeper in our trust of you. We know, we know, we know that it's not because of our righteousness, but it's about yours. Lord, we also know that you've overcome for us. But God, we pray that you'd help us to be bold. As Hebrews says, boldly we can come before the throne of grace and receive exactly what we need. Pray that you teach us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, to live out of our heavenly citizenship, to go forward fearless in loving others for you, Lord, representing you to everybody we meet. And as we do, would you be the wind in our sails? Would you take us to new heights in you? Would you take us into conversations and places that we never thought you would have us? Would you give us the words to say, you promise us that we would have exactly that by your spirit in our hearts. You would give us exactly the words to say. So Lord, we stand on your word today. We trust that as we step out, as your chosen royal priesthood, that you will help us to be just that. Not because we're worthy, Lord, but because you're worthy. And we pray that you would transform us. Transform our hearts. Give us bigger hearts for people every single day as you teach us a new way to be human. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps others find this content. If you want to connect with us, head over to social media or go to wordofgracechurch.com.